Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Once, while Jesus was standing beside the lake of Gennesaret, and the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he saw two boats there at the shore of the lake. The fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little way from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. When he had finished speaking, Jesus said to Simon, Put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we have been working all night long but have caught nothing. Yet if you say so, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they caught so many fish that their nets were beginning to break. And so they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled the both boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he, began, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and all who were with him were amazed at the catch of fish they had taken in. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. Then Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching people. And when they had brought their boats to shore, they left everything and followed him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Wordle. It is the hottest game on the internet. It seems as though it just recently sprang up out of nowhere. And so many of my friends are playing it right now. Maybe even some of you? Let's see. Uh-huh. I thought so. Players get six tries total to guess the day's five-letter word, the daily wordle. And after every guess, the tiles change colors. Green means that the letter is in the word and it is in the correct spot. Yellow means that the letter is in the day's word, but it's in the wrong place. Now, players often post their results on social media, showing how many of the six guesses it took them to get the day's word. Now, I don't usually post my results, but I just couldn't resist on one recent day. When I had zero correct on the first attempt, and then all five correct... Thank you, thank you very much. Didn't expect that, but I like it. <laughs> Go figure, this pastor uh, guessed light, L-I-G-H-T, during the season of Epiphany. Now, maybe it's because of Wordle that I am now conditioned to see five-letter words everywhere. For instance, in the fishermen in today's gospel reading had fished all night long, and they came up empty-handed. They were on the shore, mending their nets, perhaps, it does say empty, right? Good, okay. <laughs> they were on the shore, mending their nets, perhaps grumbling about the fishing conditions, probably worried that they had made no income for the night, hungry because they had not secured enough to eat after a full night's work. Now, I'm no fisherman, but I remember times like this, and maybe you do too, when you've done everything you could, done everything right, lived faithfully, worked hard, did all of this, and still 
your nets came up empty and you ended up entangled in disappointment and doubt, sadness and fear, anger, grief, confusion. Nurses that I know and work with are fed up, working tirelessly and giving their all night after night, caring for the sick and vulnerable, wondering what it's all for if people won't even get vaccinated. Their nets are empty. A member of this church recently shared with me their disappointment, their pain, and their anger because of a marriage that is now broken because of addiction. Another empty net. And the death of a loved one, or whether it's a spouse or a parent or a friend, seems to leave the nets of our lives empty. Yet empty nets are not the final reality for us. And empty nets are not the final reality for Simon. Simon Peter, both five-letter words, by the way. (laughs) Simon is doubtful at first, but he does what Jesus asks. Once the nets bring in a miraculous, abundant catch, Simon falls to his knees and declares his unworthiness. Overwhelmed by a lack of faith in himself, in his own capabilities, in his own worth, Simon, like many of us, declares, I'm not good enough. But no sooner had Simon confessed his shortcomings and sin, and then Jesus asks Simon to join his team. Do not be afraid, Jesus assures him. You are good enough, and I choose you to be part of this justice and mercy work with me. And Jesus does the same for us. Simon's story is one of transformation. And Jesus calls Simon to a new life, a new way of being. It happens in the context of fishing because that's what Simon knew best. But Jesus comes to us in our ordinary, everyday circumstances of our lives and calls us to transformation too. Jesus comes to us in the middle of our lives, in our, where we work, where we live, in the classroom, in the hospital, in the office, in the nursery, wherever we find ourselves, and asks us to trust him enough to do the unexpected. Jesus' call comes to us when we least expect it, when we've failed, when we feel uncomfortable, in the places of our vulnerability and confusion, in our failure, in our sin. And Jesus calls us to cast the net to the other side and put into the deep water and see what happens. Calls us to be open to the mystery that God has in store for us in the deep waters of abundant grace. And we're not too different from Simon, are we? We too have doubts because deep water is risky. Deep water can be frightening because you're in over your head. Think think about those times when you've jumped off the deep end of the pool and how scary that is to be in over your head, unable to touch the bottom. Too often we are content to stay in the familiar, in the safe, shallow water, stay with what's comfortable 
doing what we've always done before, believing what we've always known to be true. But shallow water is the place of empty nets, and the deep water is where we must go. As a church, we believe, teach, and confess that in the deep waters of baptism, we have been buried with Christ and are raised to new life, transformed. You, like Simon, have been called to say no to empty promises, and you have been transformed by the mystery of the Holy One in the deep and abundant water of God's grace and mercy. Mercy. At the heart of this familiar fishing story is God's abundant mercy. Yes, it's a call story, a call to discipleship, yes, but it's not in a recruit more people to come to our church and be members of church kind of way. No, we are invited to join in a movement of justice and to join one another with transformed lives. We are called to serve, we are called to leave everything behind and then gain everything that we need. It's not about our material goods, but we are called to leave behind our views of the world, leave behind our disgust of people who are different from us, leave behind our assumptions about who God is and what God desires from people, leave behind our prejudice toward those who are different from us. And as we leave behind all that holds us back, and keeps us empty, we are invited to bend toward God's mercy for all. God's call is a call toward mercy, beginning with being merciful toward ourselves. I don't know if this five-letter word will ever win in Wordle, But Jesus, the Word, Jesus, calls us to look beyond what we see and what we think to be true. Jesus calls us to go deeper, to toss the nets of our faith wider and farther. And Jesus fills our hearts, our nets, to breaking with people we otherwise might not have ever seen or liked or loved. And as our nets fill to breaking, so do our hearts break wide open to those who also need an abundance of net-breaking mercy and love. So come, be fed at the table by the word made flesh, Jesus the Christ. Come to this table of mercy and be strengthened by the company of others as we tend to the empty nets of a burdened and broken world. Amen.